Hi, Peter. Hey, Jude. Oh my gosh, how much fun <laughs> was this podcast? I don't. I have no words. <laughs> it goes into places that one would never expect. I mean, never. I don't want to spoil it, but um, I'm still laughing over parts of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ashley Gardnier, who started a charity called Southern Paws, was absolutely fantastic. She is an inspiration, and she is so funny, has the best attitude about doing some really difficult work sometimes. And she was brutally honest about it. Brutally <laughs> honest. We have never <laughs> talked to anybody as honest as her. You will absolutely love this podcast. Yeah. Um, let's kick into it, and uh, make sure you also listen to Creators Chat, our other podcast. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Do Together podcast, where we talk to incredible people who are in the trenches working to make the world better. These are some of the most determined, creative, and inspirational people we've ever met. You will be inspired, educated, and laugh, sometimes a lot. I'm your host, Judy, with my husband, Peter. Now, it's time for our show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Do Together podcast. We are super excited today because we are talking with Ashley Gardnier who is executive director and founder of Southern Paws, a rescue in New Jersey that has an incredibly interesting history. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi, guys. Thank you for getting up early to talk with us. We appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. It gives me an excuse to get more work done today. (laughs) (laughs) So we are a podcast called Do Together, and we're about cool things that people are doing in the nonprofit world and charities and also how you work with others and make your charity so successful and how you need others for your mission. So if you, we could start off by you telling us about Southern Paws and how you started it. Um, so Southern Paws is a nonprofit dog rescue. Uh, like you said, we are located in New Jersey. We got started 2014, I believe we got started. Yeah. I think that's when we found it. Um, wow, that's seven years ago already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it feels it feels like that to me too. Uh, part of me feels like I've been doing this forever, and the other part of me feels like I've been doing this for five minutes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I it's a super long story, but the the shorter version is I was working with a n- another nonprofit, and they had ties to Louisiana from Hurricane Katrina. And uh, they had been doing some fundraising and stuff. And the Humane Society of Louisiana was doing a gala in New Orleans. And they had said, like, we want to honor you guys. Please come out. You know, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like 20, I don't know, I think it was like 25, 26. And I was like, they were like, oh, you want to go to New Orleans for five days? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) So... One thing led to another. I ended up out there and I got to see kind of firsthand what was going on out there um, in, you know, the animal culture, the rescue culture. And I got to see really the hardships uh, that they were facing and what these, you know, amazing people were trying to do and how bad they were struggling to do it. And I came home um, and I like decompressed for a couple of days and I called Jana, who at the time was the head of the Humane Society and said, hey, like, what can we do to do this? And her and I teamed up. Uh, we built the transportation program. And, and at this point, at this point, though, you haven't started Southern Paws, right? You're just volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just um, I was working with a different organization. Uh, that was actually doing wildlife, but b- with oh. their ties, they had just been doing like fundraising and stuff for them. So okay, 
I had called and said, you know, kind of how can we team up on this and what can we do? And um, so for the first year, I actually worked as the Northeastern Liaison for the Humane Society of Louisiana. And after about a year, it really started to like take over my life. Um, I couldn't do anything else. I was just so busy with the with helping them. And I went back to Jonna at one point and I said, hey, you know, I either have to take a full time job or I have to take a paycheck. And she said, all right, well, why don't you take this? And I got my first check and I went to the yeah. bank and I opened Southern Paws. Um, wow. That's great. That's great. What were you doing and what what were you seeing down there that you saw that there was a need and you wanted to make a, make a difference? What were you seeing? So um, at the time, there were so many dogs that were heartworm positive on their property. And this is, this is how it started. And um, I was just appalled by, you know, how many dogs, the fact that they couldn't afford to treat them, um, wow. you know, what was going on. So we started the, the start of it was the, um, the heartworm sponsorship program, the heal, which is now the heal our hearts program that we run every year. Um, but that was the start of it. And then they had a hoarding case that they hit and Jonna really needed somebody to come out and do a transport. And I had like, since doing like, since seeing them and stuff like that, I was like, Oh, I want to do one. So I flew out and I helped her move dogs up North. And it was just watching like these, these poor people, you know, um, they were really being, I have to be careful. How I say this, they were being really just taken advantage of by Northern rescue um, you know, they would scrimp and save. And I mean, they, these people, their minimum wage is like a third of what ours is. Oh, wow. And they're putting all of their time and all of their money and all their resources into just moving these dogs. They don't care where they're going. They don't care how much money they're making back. Like they don't care. They just want to get them out so they don't get euthanized due to the overpopulation rates. Oh. So, um, they would take these dogs, fully vet them, bring them up North, and then people would get them. The rescues up here would get them. And then they'd turn around and adopt them out for like $400 a piece. Oh, yeah. And so we should, we should probably pause. That is what you guys do, right? You take dogs and, yes, and some yes. cats or pets and you take them from the South where they're maybe, um, they, they don't have enough room and you bring them up to geographies where they're looking for more pets more aggressively, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we, when we started the program, they were euthanizing, uh, not, not humane society of Louisiana, but the shelters that they were pulling from, they were euthanizing at those shelters about 200 dogs a week. Wow. Um, wow. Oh my yeah, God. It wasn't like old dogs and sick dogs or pit bulls that want to like eat your face. Like they were, you know, eight week old German shepherd puppies. Wow. And I was just, wow. How is this happening? Um, and the bigger issue was they couldn't afford to do the transport. So they would only be able to do a transport like once every six months to a year. So that's how we got involved. That's how I became the Northeastern liaison was we would try to adopt out dogs right off the truck through pre-adoption to pay for the transport so that they could remove, so they could move them more, which ultimately is what the transportation program became. And, really and you're literally going down there, picking up these pups and bringing them back. Uh, so I used to be the person that did that, but now I've, I've become more important in my organization. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think do that for me now. Uh, so I don't die. Um, I used to do that. Yes. Uh, now I have, really awesome. I have two really awesome transporters, um, one down South and one up here. 
we have our own van and stuff like that. So I just pack up the van um, with all the crates and, and everything else. And um, Lori goes halfway down and Amy comes halfway up. Oh, that's win. smart. Oh, that's great. That's really smart. So then you're pre-adopting so that way you can afford – you, you like you they they must send you photos you pl- you put them up and then you adopt out before the people have had a chance to meet the it's animal like mail order dog yeah. yeah yeah that's exactly what it is it is mail <laughs> yeah. order dogging yes um <laughs> mail order adoptions uh yes but with that being said um we do a lot more than that the the biggest thing that our organization does and and I always say like if you look at our facebook page we look like puppy flippers cuz there's just puppies <laughs> everywhere wow um but the side of the rescue that nobody knows is all of the money that we make goes back to supporting our sister organizations. So um, we always like, I hate to say it this way, but we always get like all the really good looking puppies because the more puppies <laughs> we adopt out, the more, uh, the more money they make. So it actually works out. And even during COVID, like everybody was like, Oh, like, why don't you shut down? And I was like, we can't shut down. Cause there's like three, three rescues down South now that are completely financially dependent on us. Well, I, wow. I can attest to this. I, I almost unsubscribe from your feed because I cannot take wanting to adopt every single one of those puppies. They yeah. kill me. She'll tell yeah. you. It's yeah, like, I want I that know. one. I want that one. We live in Spain right now. I want that dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my dog. Somebody else will have them. I don't like that. You do get cute puppies. We do. And you know what? It's not the, um, so we started out mainly with puppies. Now we do, uh, my favorite program, actually, if you ask anybody who's been in animal rescue more than a year, we're all going to tell you the same thing, which is we hate puppies. Um, why? I, I, we love puppies. Nobody hates puppies. They're no, but they're, why? Yeah, but they're <laughs> high maintenance, I bet. They're yeah. very high maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're fragile. They get sick easy. They like, they're oh. great for snuggling and mushing on, but like they poop and they roll in it and then they try to like, <laughs> your face while they're covered in it and like <laughs> it's just it's not ideal they're also really loud at night when you're trying to sleep um, I, th- I think we just recorded the intro clip <laughs> <laughs> they rub your face in it um, yeah, i hate puppies I, I hate puppies no um, that makes a lot of sense though i like seniors those are actually my favorite um and that's one of the things about the senior program, um, one of the programs that we do do locally is we take seniors uh, from local rescues and shelters up here in Jersey and New York, the tri-state area. And uh, I love them. They're my favorite. We have a senior right now named Dasher. She's a, she's an eight and a half year old Great Dane that came oh out my of my God. Dad. Where? She's beautiful and she's super cool. Uh, and she's like the best dog ever. So like that's that's really I love that program. Those are those are my type of dogs. They're quiet. They're old. They like to lay around. Like so. So all right. So you started going back to you started with this hoarding case, and you started moving dogs up. Yeah. What happened after that? And it's like, oh, that was so much fun. I'm going to do it again. Or I'm sure there was a lot more to it. Yeah. No. That's that's actually really how it went. Uh, it was like, <laughs> I need more dogs. <laughs> uh, it was like, oh wow, like this worked. Okay, let's if you build it, they will come. Right. So we, we built it. And then, like I said, a year later, um, I got my first paycheck. I opened Southern Paws. We started working with other organizations, um, to help them financially and to help move animals. And, um, before in the height of, well, even before COVID right now, like the rescue world is really just in a really bad way. Um, between like COVID ending, everything opening back up, uh, returns, um, 
you know, the overpopulation, the less, you know, the lack of adoptions and things like that. There's right now it's in a really bad way, but oh, no. up, up until this point, um, I mean, the rescues that we were, the rescues we work with and the shelters they were pulling from over the last couple of years have almost been non-kill because of the amount of work that we've been doing to well, network these dogs, adopt out these dogs. Um, we, I mean, there's just, it's hard. That's why this, that's why I said before, like this question is just so, it's such a big question um, because there's so much that we do. Like, it's not just, <clears throat> oh, we take dogs from the South and adopt them out. Like we have the heartworm program. We pay for a lot of like the mamas and the other dogs that get sent to other rescues where they're not necessarily willing to pay for them, um, you know, just to get them out or they pay less and the amount that they pay doesn't cover the cost of vetting and stuff like that. Like we pretty much pay all the vet bills, but there's that there's networking. So if we have a litter of dogs and I don't get them all adopted, um, Mississippi animal project, which is our primary partner who I work the, the closest and the most with, uh, we do a ton of networking with them to other rescues so that like they can still get out even if we don't get them adopted out. Yeah, that's great. Well, you really do work with others. Oh, everything that's- we do. Teamwork, dream work. I say this all the time. <laughs> teamwork, dream work. It's like my motto. Um, between it, it takes such a village to do this. You don't even realize how much of a village it takes until you're like, in the thick of it. Well, you're like the definition of a grassroots effort. Yeah. And you started just being somebody who's filling in and stepping up. How did it go from there to finding all of these people willing to adopt these animals, building an organization? I mean, building your brand. I mean, it, it went from nothing, literally nothing, a car with dogs <laughs> to an organization. How did it go? Lots of passion. <laughs> It was a minivan. Okay. <laughs> it was a minivan. It was a minivan full of dogs. Um, yeah, I think, you know, um, we are so blessed. Like the people who have stepped up, like, first of all, I would not be able to do anything that I do without uh, Jessica and Monique, who are the Southern portion of, I always say it's like an hourglass. So the dogs go in, um, you know, and Monique and Jess take care of everybody, make sure everybody's healthy, make sure everybody's got everything that they need and, and go through their quarantines and, you know, everything else. And then they get me the pictures and they do this and that and the other thing. And then they shoot them up here and then we disperse them out. Right. If it was not for Jess and Monique, I don't, I would be completely lost. I don't think Southern Paws ever would have made it off the ground. Um, you know, they're Mississippi, they're, they run Mississippi Animal Project. Um, Jess is also still involved in Humane Society of Louisiana. And uh, they are just the life of what makes us work, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, totally. No, no, totally. Do you, um, you have a bunch of volunteers there and people who foster the animals as well. Talk a little bit about how, so once the dogs come to you, what happens? Yeah. Uh, so they come in, we have, we call it transport, even though it's not technically like riding in a car anymore. So it's called a transport hold. Everybody comes in, um, they get bathed, they get groomed, they get fed, they get medicated, they get looked at by the vet. Um, they stay with me for about 48 hours of monitoring just to make sure they're okay. And then, uh, and oh, they, oh, oh, they stay with you where? At my facility, not at my house. We've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've surpassed the house. It used, this was born, I want you to know, this was born in my mother's laundry room. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> oh, so your mother has been very nice about this. 
She Lord has I- been very supportive. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We've grown, so we've grown from a laundry room to a facility. Yeah, we have a facility. It's in Ringwood, New Jersey. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's small. One of the biggest things we're really working on is putting money away to be able to purchase a property nice. uh, that's bigger so we can expand and like do other cool things. Like we want to open training centers and all. I mean, I have like these big pipe dreams. Um, but yeah, that's where it started. It started in mom's laundry room. Now it's at the facility. Uh, so we'll, I mean, and we'll pack anywhere. Our biggest transport we've ever done was 62 dogs. Wow. Wow. When was that? Never, never do that again. <laughs> never. In one, not in one minivan? Uh, in, in a Ford <laughs> Transit. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Are you serious? I was making a joke. Oh yeah. No, that's how they come up. We have a Ford Transit van. It's huge. You it's got like a high top. 62 dogs in a Ford Transit wow, van? Wow, that's a lot of kennels. Wait, uh, yeah, but wait, it sounds like that, but most of them are like puppies, so they're litters. So uh, like, they can you'll, be together. you'll put like four, you know, eight pound puppies in a 36 inch kennel. Well, I've had enough puppies to know they don't sleep at night. That drive must be loud. You would be incredibly surprised. Okay. Occasionally we'll get one dog that's like, that you want to leave on the side of the road. Like you're like, dude, <laughs> zip it. There's you're 62 other dogs in here <laughs> and you're the one <laughs> mouthing off. <laughs> other than that. But aside from that, they sleep the whole ride. Once you no, start no. moving, oh, they the pass car. out. They, they're like babies. They, yeah. Oh they're my like babies. Gosh. Yeah. They sleep majority of the ride. They stink. That is one thing I will say. They stink. They smell. Um, but like they'll stop, they stop and they clean them up and they, you know, feed, they get fed and stuff like, cause it's like a 24 hour ride, but right. they'll feed them and let them out, potty them and you know, all that stuff. But, um, it, it's, it's, it, they smell, but they, they're really quiet. They'll, they'll just like pass out and that'll be the end of it. And, um, and then every time you stop for gas, they'll like wake up and be like, oh, <laughs> like a baby. it's like us. Like, you know, yeah. when you fall asleep in the car and then all of a sudden like the car movement changes and you're yeah. kind of like, mm, that? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. would you talk a little bit about COVID? What happened when COVID hit? Did you have dogs there for to be adopted? Um, so I actually want to go back to COVID. Everybody, <laughs> I, I think I'm the only person <laughs> in the world that yeah. wants COVID to come back. Like people came back after COVID. Our volunteers came back during like transport holds and they were like, so how was it? And I was like, it was fantastic. I want to go back. Well, like it was great. That must've been when I opened Reddit one day and I saw you called the Laura Croft of dog rescuers on oh, the front yeah, of Reddit. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, I think I know her. <laughs> and then it turns out I did. That was an awesome picture. Laura Croft of Dog that Rescue. Great. That was awesome. Do you know what was such BS about that situation though? What? It was, it was, and I've seen it. It's even funnier because it keeps popping up. You know how Facebook does like those um, articles where it's like, you know, when people, when false things were reported and people got called out on social media or they'll have like, you know, those weird like story things that Facebook yeah. does. Yeah. I see it on that too all the time because what Reddit didn't do is tell you anything that was true about that story. <laughs> so no, it Jewel, said something about like uh, the pound was empty for the first time. I think that yeah, was the, the pound was empty because everybody was adopted or something. That yeah, it said. that's what it and, said. And I was like, that 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 is not what happened at all. So what happened was we went to we were me and my deployment team. Um, which Southern Paws is linked up with this organization called Animal Disaster Relief Coalition, 
fantastic people. Uh, Brandon and I have been working together a couple of years. He runs it and the, he, he's like my ride or die. So we were down there helping out after Hurricane Sally and that shelter actually had a roof collapse. So half of the shelter was broken. Like they couldn't use half the shelter. So they couldn't do any sort of intake until they moved dogs to get their population down to open up so that they could use like the one side without having to use the other. So we got called in to figure out a way to network and get those animals, all of the dogs and the cats that were there out so that they would have an operating shelter to be able to take in animals after the storm. So we networked out to rescue partners and transport and all this stuff. Like I think it was like 56 or 57 dogs and like a bunch of cats in like 48 hours. It was a huge. Wow. That's incredible. We emptied the whole shelter in 48 hours, which was like, like that in itself was really cool. So you are the Laura Croft of of animals. (laughs) (laughs) We could have totally reported on that. Like you could have been like, look at this. They didn't give our organization a shout out. They didn't give anything. They were like, oh, look, everybody got adopted. And I was like, what? Well, (laughs) we will link to the, uh, to the picture, but it's, it's, it's Ashley wearing fatigue pants and a, and a black tank top i think it was oh yeah she's just and, a badass and you guys a badass picture totally. and just flexing with in front of all these empty kennels oh, with their whole team it was awesome oh it is it's a great picture <laughs> it was funny because i was like oh we finally went viral and i was like and they didn't say who i was they didn't say anything about the rescue i was like could you guys at least do like a photo credit <laughs> totally <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> social media fun that's right uh, oh, yeah. uh, but tell us about so you wanted to go back to covid why because mm. people were nice? The whole point of this. Why? Oh, no. People weren't nice. Oh. Um, <laughs> nice. Everybody, everybody needed to relearn how to be, like, social again. Uh, no. Nobody was nice. Uh, everybody wanted a dog, and they wanted it right now, and they wanted it the way they wanted it. But we could not keep dogs in stock, for, like, a lack of a better term. Like, we ad- – we okay, so usually on an average year, we do about 430 adoptions. That's great. In 2020, we did 630 adoptions. Oh, wow. my gosh. That's a lot. So, like, which is amazing. Like, yeah. it was, I mean, we were running, hence the 60-dog transport that we did. Uh, we were running transports every two, like, one to two weeks. And we were just, I couldn't, we couldn't keep them. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't even keep them in. Like, we did, it, it was insane. It was and I had this awesome team, like we now, we call them the main squad. And that was something that like COVID really did for us, which was really cool. Like I always say Southern Paws, our volunteers are like family, but now we actually are family. Like, cause Aww. we spent so much time together cause you couldn't do anything else. Everybody was all in quarantine. So there was like 11 of us that were at every single transport at every weekend. It was perfect because it was like, it would go so smooth and so fast and we didn't have any hiccups. It was, oh, it was amazing. Wow. That's um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I want to go back to COVID. That's wonderful. But now what's happening? People are returning dogs. What is this? Oh, uh, COVID. So after COVID ended, well, it didn't end, but like. Right. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. Uh, but as the restrictions have listed and stuff like that. A lot of people have gone back to work. Um, we're seeing a couple things. One, we're seeing a lot of behavioral issues because people were not going to training or doing socialization work Aww. because they were in lockdown. Uh, you have 
I feel like everybody just wanted something to do during COVID. Um, that's like, and not everybody, I shouldn't say everybody. That's not true. Like we had a ton of like amazing adopters and we've been very blessed that our return rates have been very low, but not everybody else has had. Have. That's because they're scared um, of you. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Laura Croft. Laura <laughs> Croft. Well done, Ashley. <laughs> Listen, if it means they keep their dogs, I'm cool with it. Like, I'm cool with all of it. Um, I can be intimidating. I can. It's it's so funny because when people actually know me, they're like, you're not. You're like the least intimidating person ever. But people that think like they're like you. Um, but yeah, so there's that. There's um, everybody going back to work, and now all of a sudden nobody's got time for a dog anymore. There's. Um, you know, there's just so many things that are going into it. And it's like, it's like we went from 90 miles an hour mm. and like in one weekend, everything changed. Oh, wow. And we where we were running 60 dog, tra- you know, 60 dog transports um, through every through like two to three weeks. We can't even get 20 dogs adopted to fill a truck now. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. oh that's terrible. Yeah, it's really rough. And it's it's worse for our sister organizations down south, like Mississippi Animal Project and um, those organizations, because the euthanization rates down there are just skyrocketing and they're trying to do everything they can to get these dogs out. Um, but now you have rescues like we, like there's another rescue that we do work with and they take a lot of dogs from our sister organization and they went from like a transport every single every two weeks pack the truck however many you can fit on there will take now they're only doing once a month and they have a cap at 40 dogs oh my oh goodness my gosh. that's a big difference but those so the covid's been bogging down because the adoptions are slow it's back it's like back flowing to everything and it's just it's it's awful. It's nobody's good. Nobody's it's good. It's crazy right now. how much COVID has impacted things that we never would have imagined. Oh right? yeah, right. Like like literally the supply chain for animals. Yeah, for adoptions oh, yeah. like yeah, everything. Crazy. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh. All right. So Ashley, I have to ask this to everybody. I'm sure you deal with a lot of interesting people, but also interesting animals. What is uh? the most interesting story you may have for us. Oh my God. That's just such a, this is such a hard thing. Uh, well, and we pretend that you're it. drunk telling it because there's going <laughs> to no. definitely be the stories when people are drinking their coffee. Well, you don't know she's not. Drunk. I mean, she's oh, drinking true. that big quote unquote coffee. Christmas mug. Wait, you don't know what's in my coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's in there. That's true. I shouldn't piss don't off Laura me. Croft. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Croft, she drinks Bailey's for breakfast. <laughs> um, no, I, there is no Bailey's in my coffee. I have so much work to do today. I would never get anything done. Um, but, uh, I, so one of the things I would say we see the most, so, so we have this deployment program, which is awesome. I mentioned it before. Uh, and we do, we do a lot of, um, disaster relief after hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, floods, you know, all these different things. Um, so I would say majority of the crazy, happens mainly there ah. um we also do hoarding cases uh and things like that oh like yeah animal yeah. hoarding like i have yeah. really yeah um oh this is actually a, a great story well it's not a great story it's a sad story but it's uh <laughs> but it's, it is a little bit of a weird one but um we got called in 
this actually just took place a couple months ago. Um, we got, I got a call from a previous adopter and she was like, Hey, so there's this hoarding case going on behind my son's house. You know, is there anybody that you know that could help? And I was like, mm, uh, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, well, I wasn't asking you, like, if you would help. And I was like, mm, uh huh. Okay. That's, like, what's that's up? like me asking my doctor cousin, I don't know if you know anybody can help. My arm hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, like, do you know anybody that can help? And I was like, oh, yeah, I know a lot of people that can help. I'm included in the lot of people. Uh, so I called, I called um, a friend of mine, Nikki, who, who works with uh, another organization, Guardians. Again, these are all like teamwork, dreamwork moments. And uh, I called Nikki at Guardians and said, hey, like, she specializes in hoarding cases. And I was like, do you want to do this like with me? And she was like, well, how many animals is that? And I'm like, I don't really know. I'm like, I think it's about like, uh, there's about a hundred cats left on the property. Uh, there's some sheep, some chickens. There's, there's some weird stuff going on. Uh, you know, this lady had passed away. Um, and I want to just, just to interject here, hoarding is not, it, hoarding is a mental illness. It usually stems from depression and anxiety. Um, so it's not like these people like mean to be cruel to animals or mean to, you know, have them living in these filth conditions. Even uh, like we found this lady's journals and um, she had said in there, like, it was so sad. Like every day she would put in there, like today I'm going to start to clean the house, you know, or like, Oh wow. Yeah. So it was like really sad, but, um, because a lot of people don't know that that's a mental illness. I'm really glad you're sharing that. Oh yeah. And you should see some of the things, some of the awful things people were saying about this poor lady who passed away. And, um, I was just like, you got to stop. I was like, that's, yeah. it's not okay. Um, but anyway, so we come in, <laughs> you know, and um, the whole time I am there, uh, I, oh, so I bring in Nikki from Guardians and I also call uh, Nicole from Buddha Dog Rescue and Recovery who does, um, she does uh, trapping, like dog trapping. She goes and finds like your lost dog. So I called her and I was like, hey, so I know you don't really do cats. Neither do I. Uh, but do you want to go trap some cats? And she was like, sure. <laughs> you're, you're literally Here hurting cats. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you want to go get some cats? We could just go pick them up, grab them, take them with us. She's like, okay. So we end up going out there and we spent an entire, we spent like 24 hours. And in the beginning it was so easy. Like I literally opened the truck, opened a couple cans of food, threw them in the kennels and the cats were literally jumping in the truck and jumping into the kennels. And I was like, all right, well, if it jumps in, we're taking it with us. Like that's, that's the rule. So we spent the whole day, like rolling in the mud, trapping these feral cats, which by the way, I don't, and, and all day. Okay. I don't mess with cats. All right. Cats are not my thing. I like cats. Like I like all animals, but like, I'm not a cat person. Okay. I'm a dog person. And all day I just keep looking at everybody. I'm like, I don't, this is why I don't mess with cats. This is like reason 732. Why I do not mess with cats. All right. So I'm like, just going back and forth with this all day, all day. So I had told them that we could use my facility for staging for a few days before my transport came in. So we had somewhere for them to go while we were like vetting them and networking them and like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we call it staging. I'm like, you guys can stage here, whatever. Um, Because in my head, I'm like, they're cats. Like, how difficult can they be? You know, you feed them twice a day, you clean their litter box and you like call it a day. So I agree to this thing because I'm like, you know, how hard can this be? Like you feed them twice a day, you clean their litter box, like... They're cats, right? 
Cats are disgusting. Okay. <laughs> cats are disgusting. We just lost they all the cat so owners. <laughs> no, no, no. We have cats. I, they, I love she's cats. Right. They are disgusting. No, they're not. I disagree. But we won't argue the, the pros of cats. We'll just hear from our listeners I, about it. Listen, I like cats, but I will tell you. Cats are far more disgusting than okay, any why? puppy. Okay, why? What did you? We are, oh. gonna, we are gonna post a poll on Instagram that goes with this podcast. Oh, totally. What's more disgusting? And, no, but they're gonna have to vote after they hear this story from Ashley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I first of all, I come into my facility and the next morning there is cat poop everywhere. Oh, like, no. I am just like, how did this? Like, like ceiling on the ceiling. Are I'm you like, how serious? Did you, and I, and they weren't like out there, like they're not like puppies where like they get in on their paws and then they yeah. climb up the doors. Like, no, they there was poop on the ceiling. There's poop on the ceiling. There's poop on the ceiling. There's poop on the walls. I'm like, and the smell, the yeah. smell, yeah, horrific. And I'm like, uh, and I'm listen. I roll in dog poop on a daily basis. Okay, like I am not afraid of it. But I'll tell you, I was driving these cats to the spay and neuter clinic, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, hoo, hoo, hoo. I had all the windows down. I was like, the heat was blasting because I didn't want them to be cold. But I was like, you guys are disgusting. You stink. So we get to the spay and neuter clinic, whatever. So this goes on. This is like five days. When I committed to this, I had no idea how much work this was going to be, and they were all feral. So like, I couldn't even oh touch any God. of them. Oh yeah. Uh, expert now by the way so day three no sleep i'm like half dead and at 10 o'clock at night one of the cats that we had taken a neuter had a swelling issue that was loosening one of his sutures so i had to take him to the vet and i am so tired that i am like gonna die and anybody that knows me knows regularly i have no filter okay like <laughs> My filter is just so bad. Like I just, I my mom has always said it's it's like my traffic cop is just like sleeping or eating donuts. <laughs> like I never, ever, ever say the right thing. But when I'm tired, it's like a hundred times worse, right? So this poor lady had passed away. Okay, obviously, and she was in the house for a few days. Okay, uh-uh. so <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I go to this vet. And they're, he's, they're like struggling with this feral cat and they get him out. And he's actually pretty cool. He starts chilling out a little bit. And the vet tech looks at the vet, looks at the cat. And she goes, wow, man, your breath stinks. And I looked her dead in the face and I was like, well, your breath would smell too if you were eating a human. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she ate her owner? Oh, oh yeah. And I was oh. like, I, they had no food for a couple of days. But I said, I was like, the, the vet looked at me. Oh my God. <laughs> The vet tech looks at me and she goes, oh, like he bit somebody? And I was like, no, like like he was eating a human. <laughs> okay, let me be clear. I am face. now going to sleep with one eye open. <laughs> the look on the doctor's face was like just sheet white, like mouth dropped. Like, and I was like, I am so sorry. That was so inappropriate. And I'm just so tired. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, but it's true. <laughs> It was bad, but that's why I just kept saying, like, this is why I don't screw cats. I'm like, They'll eat dogs, you. <laughs> dogs will lay down next to you and die with you. Okay. Cats will wait until you take your last breath and eat your eyeball. <laughs> like, no remorse. Well, to be fair, you're not using them anymore. Okay. Now, <laughs> you're right. I'm surprised I mean, they don't It's not play like you're doing them. them while you're using them. No. Well, maybe no. they would take them out and no. play with them as marbles instead of eating oh, them. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, this is taking right. a turn. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hysterical. Well, I don't think any guest is ever going to beat that story. <laughs> Your question, uh, Peter. 
the better I can I can give you another one too, uh, a quicker one if you guys want. Yeah. Um, I can tell you about how I almost got arrested in Louisiana um, <laughs> because they thought I was doing a drug deal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we go down. Uh, we were just there for Hurricane Ida. And uh, we were doing this disaster relief. We were down there. We had an MOU down there. So we were down there for like three weeks. And uh, we were working with Terrebonne Parish Animal Shelter. And they kept saying to us, like, we really want you in an ACO vehicle. And I was like, but what's why? that? Was what's like, an ACO vehicle? Uh, I'm sorry, an animal control officer vehicle. Got it. So um, they have like their parish vehicles that they really wanted us to be either linked up with or with. But I was like, yeah, I know. But there's like 300 pounds of food in my trunk, uh, like in the truck of my or the bed of my pickup truck. Like, I don't I I, and there's no room in the ACO vehicles and I need to give this food to people like so I would follow them around or whatever. So one day I get back to the shelter and uh, we had had a call. This this girl, Jesse, had had a call out um, for. Uh, somebody was fostering and she needed a bag of dog. She needed a bag or two of dog food and a crate. And I was like, Oh, like we got back to the shelter. She was doing an intake. And I was like, Hey, listen, if it's cool, I'll just take my pickup truck and I'll just go. And they were like, yeah, okay, cool. And I was like, all right, great. Well, I learned very quickly why, why they needed to have marked vehicles. So here I am. And I am again, I'm exhausted because I'm, I'm, I'm an animal rescue. I'm always exhausted. I never stop. So I get down and I pull into this like trailer park area and it's not really a good area, but it's like daylight and it's like, you know, one in the afternoon. I'm like, it's fine. So I pull in and I don't realize that there's a police officer behind me, like not paying a stitch of attention. I am so busy trying to figure out where this trailer is. And it's not a trailer, actually. It's a camper. So there's no numbers. There's no nothing. So I'm like, where is this place? So I turn on the street and I'm like, looking, looking, looking. And I see this lady and she's out there like raking dirt. And I'm like, <laughs> like cause that's what they do. And I'm like, I'm like, what, what are you doing? But I roll her, I see her and I'm like, Oh, this lady has got to know where we are. So I roll down the window and I'm like, Hey, do you know where like 277 is? And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm 277. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like I'm, I'm with the parish. Like I'm dog food, Cree. And she was like, Oh my God, thanks so much. So I turned the car off and I, Oh, as I'm turning the car off, I hear this like, (laughs) and I'm like, but wait, it still doesn't register to me that there's a cop behind me. And I'm like, what what is that? Like in my head, I'm like, wow, this is a weird noise. Like, what is that? Was that my truck? Like, this is a weird noise. It's new. So like open the door. I jump out again, not paying a stitch of attention and literally come like face to face with a sheriff's deputy. Ooh. And I'm like, and of course I'm like, Oh, hi. <laughs> and the lady, the lady's like, do, 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 not just over here, raking my dirt. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I look at him and he's like, do you know why we pulled you over? And I was like, I didn't even know I was being pulled over. Like, <laughs> and he's like, you have Jersey plates. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I'm here. I'm working with the parish. Like I'm from Southern Paws and ADRC, like, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, you have Jersey plates. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I, I, like you could call the parish. They'll tell you, like, I'm supposed to be here. She's got a foster dog. I'm just, and she's like, do, 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 I'm like, look, and I'm like showing him in the pickup bed, like the pickup truck. There's huge bags, two huge bags of dog food and this monster. I'm sure, food. it's dog food. 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, no, 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 like really, like that's why I'm here. And he's like, well, can I see your license and registration? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I grab it and I give it to him. I'm like, just so you know, it's like a rental. And the guy's like, it says, it says your your license says you're from Jersey. Oh and I'm God. like, yes, I know. Like we, we have actually established. I'm here to help you. This north, so, the north yeah, is I down mean, in the south, bugging us. So, he was like, you're a Yankee. And I was like, yes, yes, I am. Like, yes, just let me deliver my dog food, please. So the guy finally turns around and he's like, he's like, well, he's like, you know, we're just, we're just making sure everybody's safe. And I'm like, no, that's good. That's good. And he's like, you know, we saw you were from, you were from New York. And I was like, yes, 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 no, okay, I got it. So like, he finally leaves and this lady comes around and she's like, I was so scared. And I was like, I, mean, I don't even want to know. Just take your dog food. Take your bag. Let's go. We get back to the shelter. And I'm like, I'm like, as Leanne, who's the, uh, the head of the ACOs, she's like, I get back and I'm like, Leanne, you don't even know what just happened to me. For and she's like, I was like, I got pulled over. I didn't even know I was getting pulled over. The guy was like convinced that I was a serial killer from New Jersey. I'm like, I don't even know. And he looks at, she looks at Leanne, Leanne looks at me and she goes, oh, well, he's probably thought you were like doing, you know, in there to get drugs. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, she's like, yeah, she's like out of state people go into those areas. Well, I was like, well, now I understand why I need to be driving. Hey, hey, hey. I was like, now I understand why I need to be driving around in a, in a, in a parish vehicle. All right. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. Oh God. Ridiculous. There were so many things about that deployment. Like we showed up one day to pick up two dogs from an address and I heard barking and I, the ACO I was riding with, um, uh, Marcello, he goes, he's like, just, just leave it. And I'm like, no, I'm like, Marcello, I got to check out that barking, like whatever. So we go over across the street and I find these two dogs in like a pen and one of them's like sick. Like, I'm like, like he's got goo coming out of his Aww. eyes. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm like, this guy's definitely got like an upper respiratory. I'm like, we got to call Leanne and Leanne hates me. Like, like she loves me. Like she hates me because every time I, Stop it. Sorry. <laughs> because every time she calls me or every time I call her, I'm like, hey, so I found this dog yeah. and like, we don't have space for that dog. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it, it, it needs help. Um, <laughs> so I'm bringing it in and she's like, well, where are we going to put it? And I'm like, set up a crate in the bathroom. I don't know. Um, so, so we, I, I hear this barking and go, I see these two dogs and I'm like, where? I'm like, okay. I'm like, Marcello, I'm like, we got to call Leanne. I think these dogs have to come with us. So we grab these dogs and I'm loading them into the car and the owner pulls up and she, it's, or it's the owner's niece or whatever. And he's like, she's like, yeah, we've been here, you know, feeding the dog. And I'm like, well, which dog is yours? I'm like, cause there were two dogs in the pen. And she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, it's the German shepherd. And I was like, there's two chihuahuas. There's <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's a Weimariner and a terrier. I'm like, oh my and I'm just like, look at her. And I was like, a German shepherd. And she was like, she's like, yeah, she's like, and I'm like, no, but, uh, and I was like, so confused. Like, I was like, uh, 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 like I, I was like, uh, I don't even know what to say here. I was like, well, does he have like friends keeping dogs in his pen? And she's like, no. Oh and I'm gosh. like, so miraculously two dogs just like show up in this guy's pen. And she's like, she's like, but have you seen the German shepherd? And I was like, nope. Well, Turns out that German Shepherd had been running at large and was, I believe, and I never got confirmation on this, but I'm pretty sure that shelter, that, that the German Shepherd was at the shelter already because oh, wow. somebody had picked him up earlier in the day. 
So she he calls he calls screaming about and again he doesn't know at this point that we have the German Shepherd, but he's screaming that I took the German Shepherd. And I'm like, I didn't take the German Shepherd, I took the sick Weimariner and like the little midget like like terrier thing. I'm like, it was like a 10 pound, like fluffy thing. I was like, no. I, and I was to this day, like I went in and I was like, so we rescued dogs today that were in a pen. No idea how they got there. Didn't belong to the people that live there. That's like, crazy. Wow. So you ne- those really were not their dogs. Nope. So they, they couldn't have, they, they got there somewhere, somehow, oh, like somebody wild. put them there. Yeah. But it was like, the, th- the things that I see are just bananas. Oh my gosh. Like, it's great. The work you do. That is so it is great. so great, Ashley. I love what you do. Oh, it's just you. wonderful. Yeah, most, of my, most of my fun stories come from like deployment or like, you know, things like that. Like our regular day-to-day adoptions aren't that exciting. Well, but-, but one of the things you do that I've always been really impressed with is you come up with some of the most creative fundraising methods and oh, activities. What are you doing? What Like when masks became popular, I remember, I think you were the first person to be like, we're going to put dog faces on masks or the nose and the whiskers. Um, and- Talk a little bit about some of your fundraising and what, how, what, you know, how do you keep your volunteers excited and motivated? And is some of their work, uh, or some of the ideas from them? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, uh, one of our biggest things that we do is like, so, which is weird. Our, our following for fundraising support, um, is very different than like your average rescues because a lot of the, Average rescues are very localized, but because we do adoptions all over the Northeast, Mm -hmm. our adopters are very spread out, but they still want to support us and they still love us. So like anything that we do, that's like an online campaign usually, usually is amazing. Like, I mean, we just had, um, and it wasn't even for us. We did a huge fundraiser for ADRC. That was just an online crowdsource fundraiser, um, for a dog named Penelope who was just like a severe, severe cruelty case. And between the two organizations, I think we raised like eight thousand oh, dollars in like wow. twenty four right. hours. And that's just through like um, through Facebook or through GoFundMe, Facebook, PayPal. Um, we don't do GoFundMe because GoFundMe takes like a whole bunch of money out. Um, but we do uh, PayPal. Um, they they have a donor donor box. Yeah, I think they also have two. Um, we don't have that, but they do. So, like, just to give you an idea, like a lot of the stuff that's the conventional stuff we don't really we're not very successful at so like for us we really have to get creative for donations um so one of the things that we've always done really well with is like t-shirt fundraiser sweatshirt fundraiser you know that kind of thing people can order from at home so this year during covid uh we launched our merch store so you have a whole store we have a whole store. Uh, we got a sweatshirt. We'll link to that too. Yeah, we'll definitely do a link. Yeah, we would. I would love that. Uh, sweatshirts, t-shirts, um, tank tops. You know, uh, we got Christmas ornaments. We just launched our Christmas sweatshirts. I'm so <laughs> That's sorry. That's so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Which dog is that? That's Lexi. Lexi is playing with a toy. Yeah, look yeah. at her. She's so She's cute. I saw Lexi on Facebook. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. So we um. So yeah, so we started that, um, and that's cool because I actually make all the product um, and sell it. I have like the cutters and the heat presses, and like that's why this place looks like a disaster. What? You're actually, what are you making for Christmas? Um, Christmas ornaments, sweatshirts. Um, Wait, you're making I mean, them in your house and then mailing them out to people? 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just, I have so much time on my hands, you know, I had to do something oh else. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's a, gotta yeah, so, be a program that automates that, right? Some website that you can. So I could, um, but the problem is I really wanted to offer. So for the last couple of years, like we use custom ink a lot. Like yeah. I love custom yeah. ink. Their customer service is amazing. Like big shout out to them. They are fantastic. But the problem is you can only do one design and you can only do it on six products. Oh. Otherwise you got to do 25 different, um, or you have to do like 25 different campaigns. So, which is super confusing for our clients. So I was like, no, I want to be able to offer whatever I want to offer and whatever color I want to offer and this, that, and the other thing. And I had started doing a little bit of a side project called goose dog designs. And then I was like, you know what, this is stupid. I'm just going to filter it through the rescue. So we ended up doing that. And, um, I guess the merch store opened six months ago, like May, May ish. And how's it going? Uh, it's going really, really good. I think the hardest time for me is just trying to get everything out. Like every, trying to make sure nothing gets delayed, I think is, is the hardest part for me. Um, but we also, with the shipping issues, we've also had trouble like getting our product. Oh, totally. So we've had some stuff on back order, which kind of stinks because then people are waiting and we've, we've been in contact, like we'll email and be like, Hey guys, like we haven't forgotten about you. Like our, we're having an issue with our product. Um, but we've made, oh, actually, I had it up here earlier, like $4,000 or something in revenue in six months. That's, oh, that's great. That's really good. Yeah, just like bringing that in. That's really good. And it's great because, like I said, it's something you can do at home. Um, it's it's shopping for a good cause, you know, and people love the shop. And it, it, it's spent, like this morning, we actually just launched our Christmas line. So everything's new. It's fun. I we got that. ornaments. We got really cool sweatshirts. Um yeah, oh, so it's, it's really exciting. Awesome. So we do that. Um, we do do events, but COVID is really, you know, again, like we, we can't really do big events right now. So um, one of the things we're working doing on, even. Uh, it, it's a double edged sword. It depends on how much support you have because um, they're big undertakings um, and they depending on what it is, they can yield a lot of money. I mean, like real dog rescue which is uh, a local rescue up here. They just did a tricky tray and brought in like 65 grand. Like, yeah, so it it can be, and they, I mean, there's this huge, like, even if we did a tricky tray, it would never be What's a tricky tray? What is that? Uh, It's like where they have the prize, like you go to a dinner and they have prizes, you buy tickets and you like put your tickets in. Okay. Um, but they're really big up by us. So we do really well with tricky trays. Um, but it's just, they're so much work. Yeah. And they're expensive. So Sometimes these events are expensive to put on that. Is it worth mm-hmm. investing 20, you know, 15, $20,000 to then maybe only make 40. I don't know. I think fundraising is super tricky for, for nonprofits. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, but you know, if you can do it, it's just, it's more about the work. Like, for me, it's funny. Everybody's, I always, my team is always like, you can't think like this. Um, because for me, it's just the, the amount of work that goes into it for the amount of profit right. that we yield from it. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> I mean, we did, we did the bark and brunch right before COVID. Uh, it was like October before COVID started. And uh, I mean, like it was a month of like me 
killing myself in between everything. And I can't even do something like that now. Like now at the yeah. shop, like I don't have time to, for the, for the merch, like with the merch store. But like, I mean, it was like a month and a half of me like pounding pavement, getting donations and stuff like that. And, um, I think we yielded like three grand and I was like, that's it. That's it right. That's it. Right. Jeez. I mean, which is great, but like, it was still like, but is it worth it? That's it? Right. When it turns out yeah. to how much you're spending your time, what's your hourly. And sometimes it's better just to what you're doing of put up a post and people give because they just want to give to the animals. Yeah. Yeah. And all a hundred percent of our, of our donations goes to the animals. Like, even the situation with Penelope, that cruelty case for ADRC, um, it, like we ended up raising a lot more than we needed specifically for her. So we're paying for the five puppies they also yeah. just brought in and to pay the mama dog and, you know, and they have a husky that needs like a massive surgery. So the rest of it will go towards that. Like, so That's anytime crazy. that we do a donation, it all goes where, you know, where it's needed the most. It goes directly to the animal. So Ashley, if somebody wanted to make a donation, where, where should they go? Uh, they can go actually right to our Facebook. Uh, they they can either go to our Facebook page uh, or they can go right to our website. Um, our website is www.southernpawsinc.org. Um, and there's a big donate button there. You can't miss it. You can also make us your Amazon Smile charity. Oh, that uh, that's another big yeah. one. Um, because you don't even donate, like you don't really donate to that, but because of, especially with the holiday season, everybody is shopping on Amazon, myself included. Uh, That's so, tricky though. No. Amazon, like, cause you have to make sure you put in smile Amazon. So there's an app. So oh, I, really? I don't know about you guys, but I use, yeah, I use the Amazon app like every single day of my life. Um, and I know they were revamping something, okay. but when I go into Amazon wow. on my phone, it's, it's immediately. Immediate. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because otherwise, I always have to just type in smile, which I do, but you just have to do that. Yeah, um, but it's great because we get, you know, we get a little tiny bit here, yeah. a little tiny bit there, and it all adds up. Um, you can do Facebook. Uh, Facebook, we get 100% of the proceeds, which is awesome. They don't take a cut? Nope. Wow. They are amazing. The only side of Facebook is you have to wait four to six weeks for it to come in. But at the end of the day, it, it that doesn't okay. make a difference. Oh, that's good to know. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, the Facebook fundraising is amazing. Um, and there's lots of stuff too that you can do there. Like there's the stars program and the different, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Oh, that's great to know. Yeah. Well, hey, we encourage everybody to give a donation. All sizes matter, whether it's $5 or $500 or $5,000. And um, oh. I hope that you are Just all- Just remember, people, these people are covered in poop on a daily basis <laughs> to save these animals. So make a donation. It's so accurate. I say to people all the time, if you, let, if you leave the facility clean, you didn't do a good job and you can't come back. <laughs> if you didn't get peed or pooped on- it's not a good day at Southern Plus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Lot, we just love Ashley. the work you and all your people are doing. It's just great. Thank you guys oh. so much for having me. And thank you. Thank you for supporting us. And, uh, you know, I always say it takes a village and yeah. supporters and followers and sharers and all the, and prayers. Like these are all part of it too. You know, um, we're, we're the people you see every day, but there's a lot of people behind yeah. the scenes that are rock stars that throw money or share yeah. posts or you know, like and support and cross post. And uh, so it, it does, it takes a village and teamwork, dream work. It's the one that. thing that we always say. And uh, yeah, thank you guys just so much for, for including me in this. This was a good experience and I got to spend some time with some cool people. Oh, Thanks, exactly. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, guys.